Welcome to Date Night Podcast, a tabletop role-playing game podcast set in the homebrew world of Volunaya. Let's explore a whole new world together. So last time we left off, you guys had just uh, made it to the platform that was adjacent to the one with kind of this uh, goat butcher guy on it. Yes, I, I remember that vividly because that has been in my nightmares every night since then. <laughs> Good. Um, How to know when Umu the DM's had, doing his job. Umu had sealed the uh, disconnection on the adjacent platform so that you guys could walk over it kind of stealthily uh, and then sneak up on the main platform where this butcher was chopping up these, uh, basically these different memory gremlins or whatever uh, mental demons uh, that were inside of this goat's brain. And every time he was chopping one, he seemed to get a little bit more powerful. Just as you peeked over the edge and took in this scene of the butcher with the stub of the cigar in his mouth, we had the uh, catchphrase from Grease Wizard asking... Iconic. What was that again? Pardon me, sir. Can I get you a light? Yep, so he whips his head around just as, you th- just as a fireball is heading in his direction and the direction of all of these minions. So I need you to go ahead and roll some fireball damage to get us started today. And then we're going to be rolling initiative, so... All right. Um, I need to borrow some D6. How many? Eight. Eight. I have two. Three, three four, more. five. Well, I have eight. Six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get confusing. All right. Six, ten... Six, ten, three, twenty-three. Okay. So basically what happens when you launch this fireball across, you're probably a hundred feet from uh, from where this guy is. The, the platform's about 200 feet across and 75 feet wide. The fireball just instantly consumes all of the minions that are around him. Uh, seemingly does nothing to phase the actual butcher, except light up the stub of his cigar. Okay, don't use fire. He's fire resistant. And now let's roll initiative. Well, how can you be sure? Seven. Eight. One. (laughs) Wow, these are great rolls, guys. (laughs) And that was with advantage. Nine. What was yours? Seven? Seven. We're all sub ten. If I get... If I... Have a plus one to initiative is can I say two? Not on a one. Okay, that's fair. Any other time you can. Add and it. unfortunate. Uh, roll the butcher. <clears throat> wow! Wow! Nat twenty. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, oh. I got one more to roll. Okay. One more. Who didn't die? Huh? Who didn't die? Uh, nobody that you can see at this point. Oh wait, no, the goose. Right. Right. Yeah, the goose guy. Okay. Bingo. Wait, did he die? Swan. He's just—he's not with you right now. Oh. He said he was going to fly across when the time was right. And that time okay, so that would mean the, the butcher is up first. Uh, the butcher grabs a couple of chains that are laying down on the ground, and you can see that they're connected over to the sides of this uh, platform at some of the places where, like, the 
synapses connect or whatever, and he yanks uh, on those chains. Okay, those chains cut through the edge of the platform, and on four of the six, or sorry, yeah, four of the six uh, connections on this platform rip open, and lightning starts shooting from them. It is your turn, Reese Wizard. Uh-oh. Um, huh. Well, all right. So I'm going to open up. No, I'm going to run over to him. Okay. Running. To, he's 100 feet away right now. Oh. I'm going to. is not here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go up 25 feet towards him. Okay. That's my max. So little gnome legs, ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding. And <laughs> so that means noise. he, yeah, okay. And I'm going to cast, how far away would that make me? So 20? About 75 feet away. Uh, I will cast, hold on, I'm so sorry. Um, he will eventually cast. Uh, he will cast. I will cast. Future tense. <laughs> Perpetual. I have casted. I have already casted. And been casting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And shall again cast. Mm-hmm. Once in future casting. So how about that little girl pulling that Viking sword out of that lake? I'm going to just, I'm going to dash. Okay. So yeah. you're just going to run 50 feet toward him? Yeah. And he will cast next turn. All right. Uh, that means it's Kira's turn. He's acted. He has. Dang. He's yanked on some chains. He's okay. really yanking my chain. I'm going nothing. to hope against hope. <laughs> Just nothing. <laughs> I'm going to hope against hope that Sharpshooter and this lucky number 20 die will actually work. Okay, so Sharpshooter shot. So that fire didn't like nothing. It lit a cigar. Thanks. Don't nope. you feel accomplished? What? Nope. Okay. Nine. Yeah, that's nine. Nope. Just sails over. I might have if I didn't do Sharpshooter. Well, you get another attack, remember? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That was a one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We Uh can't do this today. (laughs) Just over this guy's shoulder. All right. That would put uh, Zev up. You mean uh, Umu? Yeah, Umu. Zev. Yeah, no. You should have written the players' names. Yeah. What? uh, How far away am I? 100 feet. 100 feet. Well, I'm going to run 30 foot in that direction. Okay. He announces. And that will pretty much be my turn, because I don't think I can hit him from anything else. Would you like to be any closer than that? You could use some extra movement (laughs) to dash. (laughs) So you're about uh, 70 feet away. Okay. And Grease Wizard is like 50. Have fun with that. All right, Aaron. I I mean, Ama. Ama. Uh, I would... (laughs) She'll be back, probably. Um, I'd like to cast Call Lightning. Okay. How does that work? On this dude. Okay. She goes, hey, lightning. The the way this works is... pulls out her cell phone and says, lightning, you up? 
Um, <laughs> a storm cloud appears in Inside. the shape of a cylinder that is 10 feet tall with a 60-foot radius centered on a point you can see 100 feet directly above you. Okay. I can see him, so it's yeah, up can. there. Um, it's up there. Yeah, it is up there. And it, it also says if it's already, if there's already a storm, then it just uses that cloud. Right. So, so there's I would plenty assume, of lightning around here. Yeah, I would assume here it doesn't form a cloud and it just takes the lightning from yeah. the goat's brain. The goat's brain, yes. Okay. Um, And so I choose the point I could see a bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point. Each creature within five feet of that point, which so I'm glad you guys didn't run up, takes three D10 lightning damage. Okay. And then on each of my turns, I can use my action to call lightning down again. Okay. So, uh, you create this storm basically just summon all of this energy that's from the four broken uh tendrils on this platform and it starts swirling above this guy's head and it strikes down on top of him uh when it does he actually grows oh no um so go ahead and roll your damage go ahead and roll your healing no (laughs) zero that's a ten that's ten okay Oh, it said zero. <laughs> Two. <laughs> three. Okay. 15 points of You uh, watch him damage. just get bigger, basically. I just used a third looking. level spell slot for that. <laughs> he appreciated it. I hate <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> Who want my axe back? <laughs> so <laughs> with that Arn came back. <laughs> um, so now the lightning... That was inside of those little tendrils. You kind of got the idea was getting ready to streak across the platform. But Ama's lightning storm pulled it all up above the guy and struck it down into him. So they look empty for the moment. Um, The butcher, though, uh, he's going to run up. So far, we've just lit his cigar and made and gave him some healing. So I don't (laughs) think he should be kind of friendly to us, I think. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you killed true. the. Unfortunately, he can't talk to you. Uh, the I wonder you if killed I all the minions, but he was also killing them. <laughs> anyway, he is dashing up toward you. He dashes basically within five feet of the grease wizard, and that's his action to get that close. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so he dashes forward. Uh, let's see, sixty feet or so. No, fifty feet. He stops when he gets to you. Okay. It's your turn. Grease Wizard? Mm-hmm. All right. So as he's dashing then, yeah, I open up my bag, the side pocket of my bag. Okay. And I say, suck on these balls. And I <laughs> toss out all 10,000 ball bearings. <laughs> all right. No, just one. How does that work? He's got to make a save, right? Oh. I don't know. I do this thing, but oh, I have no idea. That's not going to make whatever the DC is on the save. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, no. that's like a five. So he's going to tumble. <laughs> he's prone. So about 15 feet before he gets to you, the ball bearings hit him and he falls prone. So we home alone him. Yep. He's nothing has worked so far except <laughs> suck on <laughs> these balls. Except the ball bearings. Excellent. Right. to self. Flag this episode. Kira. <laughs> these ball bearings, Kira. Don't be a pervert. But as a gnome, I do prone. have three testicles. No! You can't just say that! <laughs> it's Roll canon. a deception check! 
Well, I don't know. Is it true? I Roll believe a nature it's true. Check? Well, oh, it is for me. <laughs> okay, then it's true. <laughs> Nat one. And you're at disadvantage because he's prone. But that Nat one was at believing me, so now you know I have three balls. So go ahead and roll two more times for your attack. <laughs> now you Wait, know. Now you're on your second attack. It's at okay. disadvantage because he's prone and, and range. <laughs> nice try, though. Oh. Uh, fif- Wait, that means I have to roll it again. Fifteen? Uh, no. He, it was about to hit him, and then as he <coughs> stumbled on the ball bearings and Pratt, fall, uh, Pratt fell on top of them, it just sailed right in the spot where he was. Excellent. So he falls on his face, or on his ass, and now he's on his face? Because that's what prone means. Well, prone is yeah. just that they're laying on down. the ground. Yeah. Prone is face down. Well, in D&D, prone <laughs> is just on the ground. And he's on his back. <laughs> all right. Um, now to all else. Roll 16. I would like to cast Chill Touch on him. Okay. So I rolled a 17 plus 6. Yes. 23. Okay. So then that's 2d8. Yes, 2d8. 8. 5, 13. Do I add my spell attack to that? Mm-mm. No. Okay, 13. Okay, so this time Umu sticks out his... Are you a moose or a deer at this point? I think it's kind of up to you. Moose. Okay, back to moose form. Uh, sticks <laughs> out uh, a... A ghostly skeletal paw in this face. Okay. And uh, that... Hoof. Whatever, sends <laughs> whatever moose Yeah, have. that's definitely Hoof. not a paw. <laughs> Umu's got paws. So that's an upsetting mental image. I'm going to draw it. This uh, <laughs> kind of puts this layering of frost over top of the uh, butcher, and as he's laying there uh, on the ground, you hear him kind of grunt. Uh, Ama, it's your turn. Okay, so the thing is, I used a level three spell slot for the lightning thing, and I have it for ten minutes. <laughs> The con- the con- a concentration spell means you can't cast another spell. You you right? can, but then you'll lose the first concentration spell. Yeah. So, uh, you can cast, but you can only keep one active at a time. Okay. So I ba- don't roll a roll an intelligence check. Okay. Not my strong suit. <laughs> um. That is a six. Yep. Okay. Plus zero. Yeah, you're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Were you going to tell me how I could make my lightning useful? Maybe. I mean, you observed some stuff about the lightning, so I was going to see if you could interpret maybe what was happening exactly more than what I've already said. Okay, that was intelligence and I roll perception. Yeah. Mm. No, she saw it. She saw what happened to the lightning. Okay, I'll. I guess. Um. Well, hmm. All of my best spells are lightning related. <laughs> yeah, because you're blue, right? Yes. Dabadia. And you're also lightning resistant, which yes. is, has come in handy. In that here, is but. correct. But I don't want to get too close within range because I feel like it's. Um. Hmm. Um. I can I use my call lightning? I can strike any point that I can see. Mm-hmm. So can I use it to 
uh, kind of shape the lightning in the goat's brain kind of back to the pattern it's supposed to be in. Okay. So you're going to... Not that attack. A, is that a bonus action on subsequent turns to move the lightning? I think it's lightning? just an action. It's an action again? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to try and basically push it back like into the tendrils and stop it from coming out and raking across the surface? Because it seems to do that like every few seconds. Like the lightning... When the tendrils are disconnected, if any energy is moving in, which in this area of the brain is constant, so it's like this constant thrum, 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 and every so often the lightning's coming out, and from your experience so far, that means usually you guys get hit by it if you're on top of the surface. So what you want to try to do with the spell is kind of let it run through instead of popping out, is that? Yeah. All right. Um, Just roll like a spell attack for that 19 great yeah so you manage because your turn is right before kind of the environment acts anyway so just as more Excellent. of that lightning is about to pop out of those tendrils and rake across the surface of this platform you just push <laughs> it back in to the tendrils and it it ends up moving to the adjacent um platforms where in some of those it erupts out onto the platform um but it doesn't I'm just imagining what this is doing to the goat's cognitive process. <laughs> yeah, just imagine. He's having a migraine. He's right thinking now. about uh, what was I thinking? No. Oh, the toaster. Oh, uh, I, oh, oh the coffee bottle. Oh, oh, I shit myself. I shit myself. <laughs> it's a that's goat. Like accurate. that's what it does. That's true. Yeah, it's very true. All right. So okay. So um, that's something. If that if that's your that was an action or a bonus action. That's an action. Okay. Do you have any bonus actions you would like to do? Not that I know of. All right. All right. So the butcher now uh, is going to try to get up inside of these ball bearings. That's a two. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) This is how the boss fight's going to go. So he's just uh, basically Randy from the Christmas story. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get up. (laughs) Can't get up. And uh, that's what he's going to be doing right about now. And he's out of range to do anything, and the lightning is inactive. So it's your turn, Grease Wizard. All right, so how big is he? Uh, He's, by the time that lightning bolt hit him and made him bigger, probably nine and a half feet tall or Uh, so. Okay. Um, So he's sitting there. He's on his back. He's he's up to about sitting position right now. Oh, I'm gonna cast. So, can you can you describe what he looks like again one more time, real quick? Yeah, like his form. Well, he's kind of a human form. He's just big and muscular and sweaty, with like black hair plastered to his face from the sweat, um, and he. He basically just has on an apron that's more red with blood than it is white and kind of a corpulent as well as muscular fellow. Why would a butcher wear a white apron? Just why? Because it's like it's like in karate, how they used to do it. When you got your white belt and it would turn black and you're a master. When your apron what? turns red, you yeah, like with the then dirt. you're a master butcher. <laughs> yeah, when your apron turns all the way red, you're a master butcher. Or you're terrible at it. Well... Um, okay. all right, well, I'm going to cast a chromatic orb of, boy, 
no, 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 I'm not. I'm going to back up a little bit and cast <laughs> Shatter All right. on him. How far back are you going? You're about 15 feet away right now. Let me guess. That heals him, too. <laughs> um, so the range is each foot and ten. Oh, I'm 15 feet? Yeah. Just boom. All right, boom. Uh, I got to make a constitution save. Is that right? Yeah. Here comes the boom. That's a 19. So no half boss. damage. Here comes the boom. Half damage. Here comes half of the boom. Boom. 15 points. Oh, 15 points of damage halved. So that's seven. 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 All right. Roll uh, 2d6 for the shrapnel of the uh, ball bearings in that circle. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. That's five. And my dex saving throw is 15. All right. So you take two damage as one ball bearing hits you. And he fails his because uh, he's at disadvantage on the ground, and he takes the full five damage as two or three of the ball bearings smack into his gut. Nice. Ow. Uh, they, that does displace some of the ball bearings around him, though. Um, this big, right. After Shatter, more that place. <laughs> right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to do? Any movement or bonus Mama. actions you want to take? <laughs> hmm. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Can I? So I'm like four feet tall, right? Less. Less. Mm-hmm. Huh. There's no way I could like. No. No. <laughs> no. Nope, no. Not. Tauntaun him, right? Like crawl no. inside him for what? What is no? Uh. Yeah. Like no. Like a repeat of Gosh. He would be big enough to fit inside. Yeah. Or this is like Do you think there's a big enough unoccupied space for me to fit in then? Not currently. Why? (laughs) What in God's name? I think he's going to try and climb in and thunder wave. Well, no, I was going to misty step inside of him. What? As a bonus action. Uh, Well, read me misty step. Well, it basically says that I can teleport into an unoccupied space. It's occupied. It's, occupied. Yeah. It's, it's super occupied, But if there's, an, if there's a grease wizard-shaped <laughs> hole inside of him... And if there's a exactly grease wizard-shaped hole in his heart... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Probably that's, not. That's fine. I'm done. <laughs> I quit. All right. Then, then does that end your turn? Let me... Let me... <laughs> You're on deck. Yeah, no. Is that a bonus action or an action? One action. No, I'm good. He still counts as being down, so so you'd be at disadvantage. Okay, rolling my second attack then instead of both my attacks. 19. Hits. Finally. He's below maximum health, too, so keep that in mind for your damage. Uh... This time the first arrow sails over, um, but then when... Uh, kind of the shatter hits, and uh, he's kind of ripples upward. You get a better bead on him, and the second arrow hits him for how much? Fifteen. Ooh, pretty good. We haven't played in a long enough time that I'm forgetting what numbers to be using. That's just kind of sad. So that one sticks into uh, into his shoulder real deep, and it's Umu's turn. He can't lift his arm, right? Right? Umu's going to try to chill touch again. Okay. Is that technically a ranged spell attack? Yes. That should be. Isn't every touch from Umu a chill touch? (laughs) (laughs) 
hey man, just chill. <laughs> uh, lowest would have been a s- 16. 16 hits. Okay. He is chilled. <laughs> Whoa, hey man, chill. <laughs> For 11 damage. Taking a lot of damage. He's looking kind of rough, considering he hasn't made it to anybody yet. This is reminding me of that uh, arena fight where that poor <laughs> bastard never got off the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ingo uh, has been swooping in this direction and now uh, flies in and casts randomly. Ingo's Ingo. Uh, his favorite, the telekinetic ray. Uh, he's trying to... Throw this guy. Fails his strength saving throw. I, so he basically picks him up 30 feet into the air and drops him. Nice. Back onto the ball bearings, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, straight up. This would be 2d10. All right, 12 damage. Nice. By the way, official definition of prone, lying flat, especially face downward, but not requiring face downward. Oh. This was, he was not especially prone. So I'm mostly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not especially. Right. <laughs> so but that mostly. crunch back down onto the uh, ball bearing area, where oddly enough, he's able to land on his feet that way. No. And Ama, it's your turn. Sure. Um, um, Mama's meditating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's concentration right there. (laughs) I guess I'm gonna uh, run up closer to him because I haven't moved since we got here. Right, he's moved 50 feet closer, so he's about 50 feet away from you right now. Okay, so can I move within, like, melee range, or? You would have to dash. Okay, well, that doesn't seem great. Dashing through <laughs> the... Alma forgets she is an RN and sprints towards him. What's that? Uh, that's what would happen if I decided to do that, oh, which okay. I ha- don't know that I have. What have you been doing all this time? Keeping us from getting lightning. It's valuable. Go with it. No, I mean, like... I've had this whole time to think about what you were doing. I forgot to be thinking about what I was <laughs> supposed to be doing. I was lost in the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll just keep everyone from getting lightninged again. All right. Can I I'll use my movement to move closer, but then I'll yes. do the lightning thing. Is lightning? Okay, roll a spell attack again. Is lightning a verb? It is now. Uh fifteen plus modifier. Yeah, is great. that the proper path? So again, the pulse comes through down the uh, attached tendrils, <laughs> hits this platform, tries to escape. Have light longed. And you can see the butcher is actually like pulling to try and direct the lightning toward himself, it looks like, like on one of the broken tendrils. Nuh-uh, mister! You force it all back down in there, and he kind of... And the goat has a seizure. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just like those painting goats. Everybody's like... Over. The ground is now 90 degrees. <laughs> you can, like, cut to outside the goat. Like, we're in the middle of this huge ballot. Cut to outside the goat. Like, Man. music stops. <laughs> everything is silent. It's that screaming goat from the... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, the butcher's actually up this time. Uh-oh. The ball bearings have kind of moved uh, for the most part out of the way with everything that's been going on. Uh, so he charges up to Grease Wizard, still the closest target, <laughs> and takes a swing um, with his big cleaver and with his chain. Uh-oh. All right, that's a 13. No! And guess what? A 13. No! Five and five plus eight. The so assless chaps. Comes down oh my God. with the uh, cleaver trying to get to your neck, and you just kind of stretch out of the way. And then he swings the chain across, and you play a little bit of jump rope. And it's it's your turn to respond to that. Um. All right. I'm going to... I'm going to... All right, so I'm jumping, right? Mm-hmm. Can I, like, kick off of him? Like, while I jump to push myself back? Could take up some movement, but I'm thinking... You could. That way I can get out without getting an attack of opportunity? Mm, probably not. Okay. <laughs> Roll like your acrobat. But I am jumping, right? You are. All right, I'm going to give him a big hug and cast Thunder Wave. Okay. Uh, I got a save, right? Yeah. What kind of save is that? Const- no. Strength. If he saves, is it just a hug? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it's a constitution. Oh, it is constitution. Uh, 13? No. All right. That's he goes Kapoof. back to being prone. 2d8. Does he go prone or does he get, just get knocked back? He gets knocked back 10 feet back into the ball bearings. I thought it was 10 feet and prone. No, I don't think so. No. 11. Thunder Smite might have been. 11? Thunder mm-hmm. damage? Yeah. Okay. And anything crack. you hear a big crack across the platform as this giant butcher goes flying back ten feet from this little gnome as he chest bumps him. <laughs> uh, any unsecured I- objects and uh, the ball bearings <laughs> like that. Any ball bearings between him and where he landed? Then I guess hmm, potential. I guess they'd be thrown back kind of the same way he is. Away from, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I don't think the ball bearings had made it like up to you. So some of them might get thrown backwards, but there's nobody back there. So some of the ball bearings go flying. All right, Uh, Kira. Bow and arrow. All right, you're not at disadvantage anymore. He's standing. Okay, so both of these die dice will be for both attacks. Okay. First one is. 26. Yeah, I think that just hits. And 12. That misses. Okay. He's definitely below max health. 9, 10, 11, 12. All right. So as he lands back from this epic gnome chest bump and just grabs his footing, pulls his cleaver up to start charging back at the gnome, one arrow into his chest, one arrow into his eye, the cigar falls out of his mouth, and he slams, poof. Onto the ground. Prone? Dead. And dead. <laughs> oh! Kira grab a we did okay. it! Go, uh, make a sleight of hand check. What are we sleight? What? Huh? Sleight of what? Doesn't matter. It should be advantage since no one else knew. No, it's not for them to see. 11? Nope. <laughs> he disappears into the blue mist oh. just as you were reaching for the cigar. Right. Or the blue goo, I guess I should say. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
And I burned a third level spell slot, so I'm still going to keep this lightning going. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, do we you mind not getting to... shocked? No, of course not. Yeah, right now the platform's still disconnected at four corners. So if you don't keep the channeling the lightning, there's a good chance you guys are going to be... Uh... I have exactly four spell slots left. Okay. So chill, uh, not chill touch, not chill touch. What's the, what's the good one? <laughs> Cure wounds. wounds. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the one, the helping one, not the hurting. The one that you've been casting with Dern since last So with December. Amma's help, as Amma is channeling all the energy back through these tendrils again and again. I'm loving make it. Make a medicine check at advantage since you have her help. Okay. Because Ama and Umu just sound like they would work well together. Oh. Kira has cure wounds. Could I help too? That sounds like Maybe. gurgling. You could. You said at advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if it starts doing yeah, anything so that first. That was 21. No, that, that was 24. And that's a nat one. So the 24 yeah, wins. I'd, take, <laughs> I'd go with the 24. So yeah, actually with two spell slots, you basically just touch the two opposite corners. Um, and the energy radiates throughout the uh, platform from to the closest ones, to the ones you cast your wounds on, and you see them seal up. Yay! Thanks for listening to Date Night. I'm Sam. If you want more Date Night, I wanted to let you know about some awesome premium episodes that are available on Podbean or directly at datenightpodcast.com. If you want, you can go to our site, click Behind the Screens tab, and you can become a premium member and at least one extra episode every month. Uh, These episodes have alternate GMs. I did one, some guest players, or just regular us in situations outside our main campaign. It's only $2 a month or $20 for a yearly subscription. And it's a great way to help support us so we can keep the lights on. Please click Behind the Screens tab over at datenightpodcast.com to learn more. Or, if you're a Podbean listener, you can subscribe directly from our Podbean feed in the mobile app or on your desktop site. Now, back to the action. All right. Um, Ingo, who was kind of doing a circle around uh, where you are after dropping the butcher with his telekinesis, lands beside you and says, I believe we have taken care of the mental demons. And you took care of the heart, I am to understand. And you got the tummy. I did. (laughs) Um, That was a really fun Simon Says puzzle. Okay. (laughs) Um, I guess now we just wait and see what happens, or... We could maybe go take a look at what the goat is looking at now, if that would, <laughs> and have an idea of what's going on. Uh, We're not far from the ocular nerve. That sounds weird. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, sure. um, follow me, I guess. So We're following the leader. You, the leader. Uh, I guess I don't running. need this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So after a few minutes, I guess you'll drop your lightning storm. You, Eva has you removed can her bunny carry ears. It with you, I guess, if you want, for the next. I don't think it would be very like, helpful like in the an eyes. Eeyore with a rain cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd be very helpful in the eyes, and in fact, it might even be harmful. <laughs> <laughs> might not be good. So I'm going to go ahead and not electrify this poor goat's eyes. Okay. <laughs> so We're giving him a seizure, <laughs> made him shit himself, and now he's blind. <laughs> 
you uh, you've gone over a bunch of these tendrils from platform to platform earlier. Now instead of you know things getting more chaotic around you, it looks like some of these synapses are slowly starting to close, and the lightning that's had been ripping across their surface seems to be contained into the bright blue glows for the most part inside most of these as you go across. So it's pretty easy to get to the ocular nerve. Um, Ingo kind of uh, walks over to it and says, well, um, this is the nerve. There is a way that we can sort of jack into it, but it may seem a little uncomfortable at first, but just watch me. And he just pulls his head back and goes bill first (laughs) into the nerve until his head is all the way inside of it. And he says, that can't be sanitary. I can see everything from in here. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a weird sound. Sorry, I can't stick my tongue out of my mouth to talk normally, so I sound like this. Sounds kosher. And then I go, I swan dive. Uh, Like your whole body? (laughs) All right. So you just jump and you get to about like Winnie the Pooh going into the honey hole about to your tummy inside (laughs) the nerve. Oh, chaps. Yeah. (laughs) That's all you can see. Uh, Just the legs kicking as he's like trying to swim more inside. It's just really tight. Hmm? Anyone need to park their bike? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the second you do, like, the vision around you goes away, and you basically see through one of the goat's eyes. What's he seeing? Uh, It looks like he's in a fairly nondescript stone, like white stone type room, or it's painted white. Uh, The floors are really hard and cold looking. Um, And there's just one person, a human, it looks like, sitting across from him in a metal chair wearing uh, matching, like, green, uh, olive drab green colored clothes. Uh, And he's got letters that you don't recognize across, like, something on the, above his breast pocket. I cast a message. Okay. To that person. Okay. And I say, hey, dummy, it's the goat. Get out of my head. That's awesome. All right. Um, (laughs) Tell me how mess... Never mind. Uh, Roll a uh, persuasion check. (laughs) Can he talk back to you with message? He can do up to 25 words and the person can respond. They can whisper back. Okay. But only we can hear it. Uh, only you can hear five. it. That's a five. That's a five. The, and you just hear back, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the goat. Right? And you've been, like, inside me or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear for a, a, or you just see for a beat. Him look around, like over his shoulder, look up at hey, a little box that it's basically an intercom. I'll put it in our terms instead of fantasy terms up on the wall, like wondering if somebody's saying something through the intercom. Nobody's saying anything through the box. It's really me, the goat. Watch this. Hold up fingers. I'll tell you right. How many fingers are you holding up? Hold up fingers. And he kind of hides them from where there's a mirror on the other side of the room and points them at the goat in an unsure fashion. <laughs> It's two fingers. You're right. Yes, I am the goat. 
Get out of my head. I am head. the goat. Okay. Um, you just see him look down at his watch, sit back in the chair a little bit, stretch, and after a good 10 seconds or so <laughs> of just staring directly at you and at the goat, bites his tongue, stands up, turns around, and leaves the room. There we go. See you Woo! later, buddy. Okay. And Ingo, out of the optic nerve, pops out. Says, well, it appears that he's given up. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> I don't know where what, you... What happened in there? Who gave up? What? What, what did you see? There was someone trying to negatively influence this goat, shall we say? <laughs> I say so. But this goat was... Its survival was crucial. I don't know where you came from or why you ended up here. But I will say, without you, (laughs) this goat and perhaps the future of humanity. I don't even want to think about it. Listen. It would have been their swan song. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, listen, I don't have any way I can give you anything except maybe a, a feather. Um, yes, a feather. In fact, take one. One that I can study for just a moment before you take it. Uh, okay. And just he takes one? his bill. But Okay. Pops a feather. Oh, uh, these are really horrible stuff. noises. Stop making noises. <laughs> Stop it. And puts it on the ground in front of him, looks at it, puts his bill down, flips it over, studies it. He says, all right, I've got a good picture of it. Now, anytime, one time, I should say, when you need me, place this feather ruffled in the way it is now on the ground and I will find you, no matter where you are. And I will help you. I think we might be in a different world. Though. Yeah, like if we're I in a different plane. I think we're plane. strictly here, so to speak. So if we need anyone to pick up somebody and drop them 30 feet, you'll be there for us? I, I don't know if you I noticed, will. but uh, I'm usually a half-orc, and I'm not currently. Um, you see, I don't think it matters where you are. The same way that you were able to come here is the way I was able to come here. This is not my normal form. In fact, I usually look much more like that man that you were just that you and I just looked at through this goat's eyes. But I chose a form that would fit better in here, and then this lovely deer uh, chose my oh, moose. My moose, excuse me, chose my uh, other form from his memory and. So that's how I'm represented. But uh, I'm not traveling strictly in the bodily sense, and distance or time or any of those things mean nothing. So long as I have a target to focus on, a single image. Now, if you were to keep this feather ruffled on multiple occasions in such a way as it is now, perhaps it would be difficult for me to focus on it. But if at one time, a single time where you would need me, you placed it on the ground ruffled the feathers as so, 
then perhaps I would be able to zero in on it and find you. As soon as I get home out of this goat, I will target this feather, and I will see you momentarily from, of course, my perspective. From yours, it may be many months or years or maybe tomorrow that you have need of me, and I will see you then. All right. You have my thanks. You have my feather. Is there anything else you would like to talk about or know before we leave? A hug? <laughs> I've no arms, but... Wings wings will be fine. And the tongue... Oh, stop! <laughs> Whips around you and gives you a squeeze. Because ah. you can feel the underside of the tongue's kind of sharp uh, teeth Ow. scrape up against you. Weird videos start this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a premise of all the Charlie the Unicorn videos. Uh. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, not uh, what I would anyone else. Uh, no, nope, thank hug. you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not really good. a toucher. All right. It wasn't that bad, guys. It really wasn't. Okay, do it again then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, all right then. Bon voyage. All right. Peace out. Philadelphia to you too. <laughs> all right. And he quickly flickers and disappears, and then the. Uh, image of the goats kind of uh, like in front of you, the ocular nerve and kind of the cavity that you're inside right now all kind of start disappearing. It's been nice to meet you. You as well. No, I'm, not, I'm talking to... I'm Man. Talking, I, was talking to <laughs> I was talking to them. Since oh, Alma's going to okay. go away. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Bye. Goat. Yeah, do you have anything as you guys are starting to fade and flicker that you want to tell them or... Aaron or anything? Um. Um. <laughs> and poof. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> intelligence is not her strong suit. Can I just say I don't know if I'll remember any of this when I'm Aaron or not, but um, if we're ever in trouble and I'm Aaron, just remind me to call Kylina, okay? Anyone? No. Okay. I cool. Thought you were Alma. Bye. <laughs> Writing down Kylina. Wait, who? <laughs> How do you spell that? Poof. So you uh, you come to back in the circle inside the New Spore City, inside the Underdark, where you had drank your kombucha slash ayahuasca type uh, drink to go on your vision quest. I am never doing drugs again. And uh, Kira <laughs> and the Grease Wizard... And Umu are there, Uh-oh. but Aaron is not. Uh-oh. I'm doing drugs immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Aaron's drugs not right here. now. No. Uh, wait, where am I? Uh, sh- not in the circle. Where's Aaron? Um, is I this actually, your character voice? Are yes. you committing to this? Y- you're all extremely nauseous. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. Your mouths are really dry. The world is spinning. I rolled and a two. I throw up. Yep, you do. You take two levels of exhaustion with a two on your con- constitution check. Oh, uh, it's a five. Fifteen. With my constitution. Two two levels of exhaustion. Uma's okay. Oof. What did you roll? One? <laughs> two levels of exhaustion. Um, Humu, that was rough. All right. As you, and then what? 
As you were scanning around looking for Aaron, the Usane priest seems to notice what you're doing, and he sends a quick telepathic message to Umu. Umu, he's the one that you're actually still connected to. Is he a mushroom person? Yeah, he can't speak. He had to, Umu had to breathe in some of his spores to be able to talk to him. Mm. Um, (laughs) And it's a quick... It's a quick vision of a portal opening and snatching Aaron out of the circle while the rest of you were kind of just like staring off into the middle distance. I see. Hmm. Well, what what happened to Aaron? Has anybody ever played Portal? Oh, did one of those go get her? I'm pretty sure I played that on a different trip. Kira, uh, Kira, I just want to point out, Kira is the only person here who has actually watched us disappear through the portals before. There was a portal, and Arn's gone. Mm. All right. She should have chose the other one, but that wouldn't have happened anymore. I used to go through portals myself. Oh, so you have played portal. Mm. Sure. Okay. I'm not worried. She'll show up back later, right, Kira? I don't know. All right, well... Don't... I didn't come back. We've broken Kira. (laughs) (laughs) Abandonment issues personified. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Well, all right. Can I go take a nap? All right. Yeah, you guys have traveled... You traveled for most of the morning, uh, maybe into the afternoon to get to the city. You wandered around the city. You, uh, Grease Wizard found uh, an Amanita and sent him on a quest. Uh, you've looked around, you had your trip, so it's it, you don't know what time it is because you're in the Underdark, but you definitely feel like it's been a day. Oh. Man, it's been a day. Um, Umu. Been a day. Am I still level five? You're, um, well, I guess, didn't you make Umu for like other reasons? So, I made Umu for a one shot. He was level three <laughs> when I made him. So that I don't know why I'm still using that, the character. If he's voice. still in, <laughs> while he's still in this uh, timeline, I guess he would be four. Four. So we're splitting the difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Mike says, "Ah, oh, crap! Now I have to do more math." You could keep your health and all that stuff. Okay. For I was like, I was like, I don't know how we'll to do this. <laughs> um, basically, yeah. So you want to go try and find a place to sleep, GW Kira? What do you yes. want to do? Okay. So Kira and Grease Wizard kind of tell you they'd like to do that. And Umu, Umu's pretty tired. Um, I've got two the, levels of the tired. priest. Kind of asked for you to hang back a little bit, Umu. Okay. Um, and I'm going to have you transition now to Zev, if that's okay with you. Can I go pee-pee real quick? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> is that Mike? Is that Umu? Or is that Zev? <laughs> I like I shouldn't be using the... I'm scared. <laughs> I'm really confused. All right. So you guys go off. Uh, there are a few kind of just like <laughs> open uh, structures around here. I hope uh, one of them has a door. I don't really... Ha- have any doors <laughs> uh, you pull out your bedrolls and you start to go to sleep uh, well, I guess you find Zev uh, he tells you that he's looked around a little bit with Henna and found uh, a map of the Underdark uh, ooh a map actually one of the Usane uh, who was able to telepathically communicate with Henna 
was able to pull some of her memories of the Underdark together with its own understanding and draw a map for you guys of the path that you would would be best for you to take going forward. Right. So I'll go ahead and grab that map if I can find it. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> that was a totally different character and voice than you usually do. He's tired. Oh, okay. Very nice, very you got nice. a lot more posh, I feel like. Very nice. Oh. There's a table there. I noticed. I found it. And now you're sitting at it. Woohoo! Wasn't funny the first time, but I appreciate you for trying again. We have to take two oh. naps. Two naps. Each two one levels exhaustion. One level. All right, I'll take two naps. <laughs> map. I'm the map. It's upside down. I'm the map. 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 Let me point at it. <laughs> And suit. They can sing again. No. <laughs> From the top. I'm the map. Nap. I'm the map. Nap. I'm the map. 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 Creative license. <laughs> All right. Hashtag not sponsored. So you guys came in in the light water, and you took this long road to New Spore City. Uh, Take me down. You'd have to still go this way. I was going to go to Spatula City. It was basically your route. That's a long route. Um, Hannah and Zev tell you that the next part of your journey is to take the road that the Spore folk took to flee as refugees from Old Spore City when it received some flooding and corruption. Um, So when they left, they named that the Spory Gone Trail. Um, and that's going to be the next leg of your journey. <laughs> that's amazing. Stupid. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is broken. All right. Aaron, as everybody else is kind of bunking down, checking out the map and hearing what happened in each other's adventures, um, except Umu, who's still talking to the priests for a little while. Um, Aaron, you're home so to speak. Uh, but the If you're about to tell me that I'm still Alma and I'm still a druid and I... You are not. Okay. You are Arn. Oh, okay. And you are Yay! Home. But um, she's not here. Boo. You don't remember what went down inside the goat after the moment uh, you swapped with Alma in the heart. You only remember being in its stomach. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're in what should be home, but the lush tropical landscape is gone. Um... You recognize Red Plume in the distance. Uh, The silhouette against the skyline is as familiar as the feel of an axe handle in your hands, but the skyline is really angry, and the landscape around you is corrupted, and actually pretty similar to that of the Underdark that you just left your friends inside, or sort of left your friends inside from your perspective, as you might think they're in a goat. Um, So Yeah, may I just say, Ah! You may. That's all. <laughs> That's so polite. So I have a lot of uh, of exposition again here. So if you bear with me through some of so that. So buckle in. Buckle in. We haven't done this since early on, probably this much. Yay. Um, the orientation of Red Plume is right to be at your home. The view you were used to from the west-facing west faced, west window of the Great House, uh, which was an earthen and timber long haul where the blood fang held their feasts. 
but now ash covers the sky. Uh, as you stand there for a little while, a breeze clears your vision a bit, and you can see the devastation to the east, which is where most of the ash is. Kind of the, the red plume is, is to the west. Uh, there's charred and broken village structures. There's bodies, a, a lot of bodies. Some are flayed. Some are hammered to loose pieces of timber. Some are eviscerated or quartered or lashed nearly bare. And much of what was once your family, much of your tribe, though it's indistinguishable really who, uh, is dead here. Um, oh, no. And for the first time since our adventure has began, uh, Aaron, you remember some of the time before you left or the times in between, maybe more accurately. I mean, you had remembered, excuse me, uh, that when you were a child, this isn't something you had forgotten, but when you were a child, you had clearly remembered a past life, one in a place of unchecked growth, um, and you were a druid of the Feywild. In fact, seers in Aaron's village called her a green walker, somebody who could live out their dream and meditation time in the Feywild. The seers always tried to claim dream walkers, and they called them different things depending on where they went. Bronze walkers, which were the most rare among your tribe who would go to Mechanis. Shadow striders, the most common in your tribe who would go to the Shadowfell. Light seers to Elysium, and green walkers like you um, were somewhere in between in their uh, frequency. They said you had a strong connection not only to the Feylands, but even beyond, to one of the celestial realms known as the Emerald Arbor. Am I remembering this for the first time, That's, by the way? This part of it, you may have remembered before. That's okay. kind of your call, how much you wanted to have forgotten. I, I just literally could not remember if I remember how much of my childhood I remembered I don't, when I don't we started we talked about it. Maybe like if you, you're here, you remember it. Yeah, now you remember a lot that, okay. that you definitely didn't before. But some of this you knew, like you were a mm-hmm. blood fang and things like that. Okay, I can roll with that. So this, I think you did remember this part of your okay, childhood. Yeah. Um, it's just very complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but you were connected not just to the fey, the fey lands or the fey wild, but also the Emerald Arbor, which is one of the small celestial plains. And that's where the barbarian huntress, uh, what did you say her name was? Kylina. Kylina uh, is said to rule as a goddess. Um. These meditations, though, that you would have, where you would picture yourself mostly in the Feywild, were inopportune and and unpredictable in their demanded attention. Uh, It often interfered with your training that your father wanted you to go through, um, and he would chide you often for lacking focus during that training as you were sort of seeing some of those other visions. Uh, you would respond with things like, especially when you were really small and before you had learned not to say these things, you would say things like, but Amma wouldn't, or, but the huntress showed me. And your father was quick to respond with things like, you know, talking about how orcs pay no mind to the traditions of pixies, or that prayer should be reserved for the weak-willed mortals who need it. And by that, he meant your enemies, chiefly, right? Um And basically anybody who was an enemy of the Bloodfang tribe were in constant prayer. I mean, the the Bloodfang tribe was notably 
uh, strong in, in combat and did a lot of raiding. And I say tribe uh, because maybe I don't have a better word for it, but maybe something like a series of clans or something would be better. Those clans united under the Bloodfang banner, but they were closer to like a state. They had things like moots where they would go and meet. They had laws to arrange alliances. They had intermarriages like any series of interconnected kingdoms. I do want to point out this is kind of relevant, uh, not super relevant, but um, Arin was raised a vegetarian, like that's part of their culture. Right. <laughs> so just, I don't know. That's just in there. Okay. I thought that was from your fae background is kind of how I was reading the vegetarian part. But if it's no, a we're all No, ve- we're all vegetarians. <laughs> okay. Like we won't hesitate to kill someone in battle, but we just rather not. We have these and proud we, tusks for <laughs> kale. <laughs> and we, we live in a place where, like, there's plenty of plant life to eat, so it just kind of felt unnecessary to kill animals to eat. Okay. Um, That's not super relevant. I just thought I'd okay. slip it in there. Uh, the, the place did have a lot of the accoutrement of city-states, though. Uh, it, it had things that people tended to put to civil, uh, civilized cultures, like agriculture, um, like you're talking about, it had a council, <laughs> it had the logistical know-how to keep an army in the field for months and keep it fed. Uh, it had written history, it had philosophy, it had all those things that people tend not to attribute to, uh, orcs. So the unification under the blood fangs was not complete. All the clans were free. They only united when they pleased. Um, in that way, Bloodfang was chief of his people, but also when a threat emerged, he became a general to the hordes when the need arose. Um, And that was something he wanted for you, too, to attend court, to figure out how to keep these alliances, how to lead people in the field, Um, and how you felt about that is is up to you, if that was something you wanted to do or or not. Um, But it would have been something you would have had to struggle to do because of your other connections that would kind of split your focus at some of those times. Yeah, I would think that I would, like, want to be good at it, but just not be good at it and probably not seem like I was trying that hard. Like, even if even if Arn was trying really hard to be good at, like, being a leader and a general and stuff, I don't think it would look like she was trying because she's so, like, just chaotic and scattered and friendly and, yeah. Yeah, okay. Her best yeah. effort doesn't look very good. I, I kind of thought that might have been how the uh, dynamic was. Yeah. Like you did your best. You wanted to please your father, and he was kind of not always satisfied, maybe because just some of the, not a, any fault of Aaron, but wasn't maybe her path. Yeah. Um, for a long time before you before Aaron was born, the clans were relatively safe in their homes. Uh, they st- stretched out in the western parts of the island of Manassa, uh, mostly around the Red Plume. And they would raid, uh, different ones of these clans would raid the rich lands in the east, the three surrounding islands, and sometimes the peninsula that stretched down from the mainland's fertile cradle. Um, But a number of them also uh, farmed, and because of their reputation as warriors, rarely had to defend uh, against any attacks on those farms. But a few generations or so before Arryn's birth, while the Bloodfangs were still 
little more than a clan of middling reputation, a big threat emerged in the east from the mountains known as the Dead Men. Uh, the Bloodfangs, under the leadership of your grandmother, were the last of the easternmost tribes to survive that assault. Um, they held the passage between the west and east of the island, known as Middlemarch, uh, against the tides of what were shadow fey uh, that came in through the first assault. Not only that, not only did they hold the Middlemarch, but the Bloodfangs beat them back and harried them for a retreat of at least 50 miles or so before they fell back and created their own defenses again. Um, because of that, the Bloodfangs picked up the plunder not only of the Shadow Fae that they killed, but of all the tribes that those Shadow Fae had destroyed on their way to the Bloodfangs. And for they were the first not using time, it. yeah, uh, they were pretty much all killed. They, there weren't any prisoners. So, um, for the first time, your tribe was pretty rich. Your grandmother used them to buy 6,000 warriors from other tribes and built the village you were born in. Uh, those fey creatures, which are called Shatter Kai to most people, but casually, you usually called them Kith Scum, uh, slowly decimated the lands east of Middlemarch, but they were kept by the Bloodfangs from progressing further west. Uh, without the easy pickings of the eastern part of Manasseh, though, and without enough numbers to leave the defenses unmanned as the Shatterkai constantly tested them, the Bloodfangs kept or created a reputation as guardians, sometimes getting tributes from other clans, but slowly those tributes dwindled as the other orcs didn't feel that the threat in the east was really that powerful anymore because they had never broken through. Uh, so the defense slowly grew more and more taxing, um, and the resources over the generations grew less and less available. So all of that wealth was spent um, over those years. Aaron, when you were raised, you saw this difficulty and actually fought and ranged out against or past the uh, easternmost border against these kith, offering prayers to the huntress. I don't, I don't know. Um, but at least using that connection with her and that mixture of the face spirit to make you who you are now, make you Aaron and have the strength uh, to go out and fight, even if you didn't tend to lead uh, large groups usually in those expeditions. Yeah, I think like as Aaron grew up and kept being told like this whole you know, dream and the huntress and that's all right. like just silly. I think as she grew up, she kind of forgot about it and stopped like believing in it, I guess. I think that's probably why Aaron like is a barbarian, right? Like she's steered away from divine magic or yeah. even nature magic and went with what she could see and what she was told was the orc strength was always physical. Yeah. And that's what, your father would have stressed. That's what most of the clan members would have stressed. Only a few seers around would have tried to prod you to not forget uh, the ability to, to green, uh, green walk or dream walk. Yeah. Um, and she was actively trying to forget. So, okay. Um, kind of, uh, on a few of these hunts, as you were trying to forget, uh, that power, um, you still were reaching toward like this inner resolve uh, that you had that basically came from your what you thought was your own 
uh, spirit in a lot of regards, but maybe was actually more of a connection to the huntress than you thought. Um, she gave you more and more of herself, made you more physically strong, because that's one of the things that she kind of imparts, not a divine magic, but just a physical strength. Um, and and you probably remembered, like we talked about some of this, even when you were with our party. Yeah. Your family, your training, um, your tense connection with Ama and the Huntress. But now the part of your memory that you had forgotten uh, as you were filled with the will of this goddess fills in around you like you're finally a vessel grand enough to hold all of the excess. Um, Every time the goddess came into you and made you stronger physically, you did lose a little something of what came from Ama, lose a little bit of what came from Arin, like you were a jug that was full of water being topped off with wine, constantly some of the water running out, but the wine could never all get in there either. Um, but now it seemed like the size of the vessel grew. And and when it did, those in your tribe that were close to you told you that you would flicker. You would become momentarily invisible and silent, fade in and out. Um, and this might be something you're remembering for the first time now. I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, a wise woman said that this was the sign of being a planeswalker or a greenswalker. Um but a stronger one, that's what they called a planeswalker. You could shift while you were conscious, not just in astral form, but with your full physical body. Among most of the tribe members, that conclusion was out of favor. Among your father, it was extremely out of favor. Um, they didn't interpret this concept of planeswalking literal anymore. Um, maybe they once did years ago. Uh, people knew of the other planes, obviously, and of the connecting points where they might be traversed. Uh, but to do so at will, without finding those subtle connections, was too much for most people to believe. Uh, some seers in your tribe and others, other clans would go out on physical planeswalks across the grassy plains of Manasseh, taking no food as they did. They claimed that this allowed them to see visions of other places while they were awake, but most other people in the tribe dismissed them as hallucinations. The one exception that was revered among many tribes was Tamabo. Uh, Tamabo is said to have walked on. His tracks on his planeswalk ended in an empty clearing where a traitor is said to have seen him flicker and disappear. A seer in your clan, and you can decide who this is, if it was somebody in your family or somebody who was just prodding you to uh, use your gifts while you were swallowing them up, sometimes would call you Tama after you began flickering, but sometimes you were sure she was saying Ama instead. Uh, who was that person? Do you, this memory's just coming back to Arn as she's in this devastated village. Um, probably, uh, I'm going to say hippie aunt. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> my father's youngest sister, who everyone just thought was crazy. Okay. That's who it was then. <laughs> um, the af- family disappointment. Right. Black sheep. Bah. So after the flickering, you began to leave for hours from your village or days. Uh, you would come back with no memory of where you had been. Um, but now some of those memories 
are coming back. They seem faint and distant in this place, uh, back in Manasseh. But you can feel the threads starting to weave together more strongly between this place and the other. One time, you were recovering from a long hike. It was a retreat, not from the kith, but from some lava that had erupted from a fissure uh, when you were out in the east, ranging and looking for some of these kith bands. You were exhausted and sweating, and your legs ached from the long march when, all of a sudden, you found yourself face-to-face with a blind tiefling man asking for guidance to a shrine. And there was a dwarf there and a ranger, and they smelled like slaves, and there was the queerest little gnome. And then you returned. Uh, And when you did, your tribe said you weren't gone for moments or days, but for years. And they said... You would come back for a single battle at some crucial point. First a year after you first left, then 10, then maybe 30. And then people started to talk about Aaron as this god who would come to them when the battle needed them. Somebody who could tear through enemy lines, hold back a charge while others escaped, seemingly about to sacrifice herself, but disappearing the moment before becoming overwhelmed as a horde of kith came on. And now you're connecting that when you disappeared, you moved into the island of Lamosh instead. Thanks for sharing our date night with us and exploring a whole new world together. We'll see you again next week. Until then, keep in touch by following us on Twitter at Date Night Podcast or visiting datenightpodcast.com. 